You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 29. Here we go. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so they can feel secure about their family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Hello, everybody. How are you doing this fine Friday afternoon recording April 1st, 2016? I hope everybody's doing awesome. My name is Scott Wellens. I am your host of the Best in Wealth podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people. That is you build real wealth. So together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. I so much appreciate that you decided to tune in to this show today. I'm excited and happy to have the opportunity to be able to do this show. This, my friends, is my best part of my week, my work week anyway. If you've listened in the past, you'll know that I absolutely love my job. I love helping people with their finances. I love watching the stress fall off of their bodies as they start to gain clarity about their financial situation. I don't see any other job that's better suited than the one that I have right now. In this episode, we're going to answer a question. And we're going to answer the question in seven steps. So the episode is titled, Seven Steps to Getting on the Same Financial Page as Your Spouse. This is going to be a fun one. And if you're not married or don't have a significant other, you will still find value from this show. There's tools here that you can take with you and use in other areas of your life dealing with other people. And really, if you don't have a spouse or a significant other and you're managing your finances all by yourself, well, be thankful you don't have to worry about not being on the same page as your spouse. And use this episode in case you're thinking about getting married or will get married someday. You will find a ton of value. Because getting on the same page with your spouse on a variety of topics is not easy at all. In any area, there are constantly decisions that need to be made with your spouse and compromises that need to be made day in and day out. Decisions about raising your kids, if you should have kids in the first place. If you have a blended family, wow, now it really starts to become difficult because everybody has a different idea about how you would like to raise your kids and you need to start compromising with your spouse. But when you're in a blended family, you spent years and years parenting your kids and now you're bringing a new spouse into this who may have a totally different idea about how to raise kids. This is not easy. None of this is easy. Think about 
trying to figure out with your spouse where you're going to go for the holidays. I mean, that's a big thing right there. Are you going to go to your spouse's mom's? Are you going to go to your mom's house? I absolutely love my wife to death, but sometimes we are just not on the same page. And a few episodes ago, I talked about getting on the same page with your spouse as it pertained to your goals. But what if you can't even get on the same page about goals because you're not even there yet. You're not on the same page when it comes to your financial life in general, your cash flow, what's going in and what's going out with your family money. So in order to even talk about your goals or if you even want to achieve one of them or all of them, well, you need to get on the same page first. And that, my friends, is the topic of the day. All right, the topic of the day, seven steps to getting on the same financial page as your spouse. I remember when I had my financial moment. I had earned a raise at work, a great raise, you know, and I've earned many raises through my life, but this was a significant raise. And every other raise before that, all I did with the money was raise my standard of living or raise my family's standard of living. But my financial situation, it didn't change at all. You see, my wife and I had accumulated $68,000 of debt when I was a lot younger. Man, this debt consisted of credit cards, one I know for sure was a Home Depot card, school loans, Citibank card, and vehicle loans. And one night after I received that better than I expected raise, I just couldn't sleep. That night I thought over and over in my head, what in the crap am I doing with my financial life? I need a financial life and right now I don't have one. So that night I put a stake in the ground. This was day one where I was going to get financially healthy. You notice how I keep saying I though, and I'll get to that in a moment. In the moment though that I made the decision, I felt this calming over me and I eventually fell asleep. The next morning, I woke up instantly charged, wanting to take steps to improve our financial lives and get our financial lives in order. There was only one problem. Well, my wife was upstairs sleeping. As she was sleeping, I subscribed to Quicken. I started downloading episodes of the Dave Ramsey show into my iPod so that I could listen to shows over and over again. I was really charged up and ready to make changes. But yeah, my wife was upstairs sleeping. You see, that moment I had the night before was my moment. It wasn't our moment. It was not a together moment with my wife. So when she finally woke up, I tried to talk to her about it. And I was charged up and energized and I'm sure I said a bunch of things I probably shouldn't have said. She looked at me like I was crazy. I mean, it was Saturday morning. She was still half asleep. I don't blame her. We were living a life by most standards looked like we had our money under control, like we were doing great. And when I blurted out everything about all these changes we needed to make, 
all these changes, I thought, to become financially healthy. You know what she thought? She felt attacked and thought that I was blaming her for our $68,000 worth of debt. That wasn't my intention, but that's the way it came out. She was thinking the debt was her fault, that any money problem that we have was her fault. I was very disappointed after we had the meeting, but I was determined to make things right with her and approach our conversation about the state of our money differently. I pressed on. I took a couple of steps back and attacked it at a different time. So my question to you is, have you ever tried talking to your spouse about getting financially healthy? If you approach the conversation like I did the first time, It's usually the moment where the energized partner loses steam and they just go back to living the way they were because the conversation didn't go as planned. You know, normally within a relationship, one spouse is usually more of a spender than the other spouse. And that starts to gain friction in the marriage. That's why money fights happen. That's why a lot of turmoil happens in our marriages. And I'm not saying two people can't be spenders or two people can't be savers, but usually even if you're both a spender, one seems to be spending more or you're just blaming the other person about spending money. It's just a a trap that we get into and we stop talking about money. But when we stop talking about money with our spouse, changes don't get made. And when changes don't get made, dreams do not get realized. And if this is you, I want you to know that there's a different way to approach this, to get on the same financial page as your spouse. And that's why I've developed seven steps to getting on the same page as your spouse. This, my friends, is not easy. You know if you've tried once before and failed. And because you failed, you probably don't want to put your hat back in the ring when it comes to talking about your spouse. But I promise you that this will be one of the greatest things you ever do for your marriage. It is time, my friends, to get on the same page as your spouse about money. So let's go through these seven steps. Step number one is move from your stake in the ground to our stake in the ground. Notice that when I was telling my story, I mentioned I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. When it really needed to be we. You need to have that moment together. So when you go and talk to your wife, don't act like you have it all figured out and know every change that needs to be made in your financial life because you probably don't have it all figured out. Instead, grab your spouse by the hands, look her in the eye, and ask her about her goals and dreams. Don't talk, just listen to her. Listen to her talk about the goals and dreams of her life because we all have them. We all think about them. We just don't always talk about them. Do not start off the conversation on all the things you need to do to get things right. Just back off. Ask your wife about her goals and dreams. After that's done, move on to step number two. And step number two is admitting 
that you are just as much at fault for being financially unhealthy. It takes two to get unhealthy and it takes two to get healthy. You guys are connected at the hip, just like my wife and I are connected at the hip. Please do not use this time to point fingers and blame your spouse. Keep your eye on the goal, which is simply getting on the same page, having a moment together. You both play a role in the situation you are in, which is the likelihood of coming up short in your financial life, of not achieving everything financially that you want to. Admit that you are as much at fault. Heck, admit that you're more at fault if that's what it takes. That will allow your spouse not to come from a place of being attacked and on the defensive. That's the last thing we want because the moment your spouse starts getting defensive, well, you might as well hang it up because I don't think the conversation is going to go quite like you want it to. All right. Step number three, come prepared. And what I mean by that is have a net worth statement ready to show your spouse. Have a cash flow statement prepared to show your spouse. Don't just whip it out like, here, look at this. This is how bad we're doing. But just say, hey, you took some time to really dig in to see where you are financially. In a net worth statement, all that is, is a snapshot in time of where you are right now financially. And it's so easy to do. All you do is in the left-hand column, list all of your assets, the money in your savings and checking accounts, the money in your retirement plans, your brokerage accounts, the value of your house, your vehicles, your wedding ring, anything else that might have significant value. That all goes in the left-hand column. In the right-hand column is all of your liabilities or your debts. So list things like credit card debt, car loan debt, mortgages on your home or homes, any money that you owe, money that you owe your parents, money that you might owe for back taxes. Those are all liabilities. When you list out your assets on your left and your liabilities on your right, you are 99% of the way there. All you do from there is take your assets, whatever that number is, and subtract it from your liabilities. And boom, that is your net worth statement. Now you know exactly where you are right now. Because if you want to get somewhere, you need to know where you are right now. Step number four is the biggest one of them all, I think. Step number four is swear to honesty. Man, I tell you, we all have financial skeletons in our closet when it comes to every money move we've made and didn't tell our significant other. This is your time to tell your spouse about a time where you were not honest about money. Tell your wife you are sorry for not being honest. Just don't put your spouse on the spot and ask them to bring their misgivings because they probably 
will talk about sometime. There's When you have a skeleton in your closet, when you're not being honest with your spouse, it weighs on you. And this is a chance to let the skeletons out. And this is not a time, though, for you to get angry at your spouse for not being honest. This is, this is square one. This is the stake that's going in the ground. So let your spouse talk if they want to, but don't force it out of them. This will be liberating for both of you because there needs to be a day one when you are both committed to being honest with each other when it comes to finances because this is how it usually goes. One spouse is paying the bills. The other spouse is complaining that there's never any money. And it always sounds like that spouse is blaming the spouse that's paying the bills. You both are responsible for any money situation you're in, bad or good. All right, let's move on to step number five. Step number five is commit to planned meetings about your finances. It's one thing to have this conversation. It's another thing to take action and carving out time in your schedule will ensure that you are getting in financial shape. It's just like if you want to get healthy or in shape with your body. You can say all you want, but if you're not planning time to actually go to the gym or planning time to plan your meals, it's probably not going to happen. Lord knows I've been part of that whole situation many, many times throughout my life. The finances are the same thing. If you commit to regularly scheduled meetings, you will carve out time to get on the same page financially together and work on the things that you need to work on to get back on track so you can achieve all your goals and dreams. Use this time to work on the items about your financial situation that need attention. Always make sure your spouse is part of the process. You cannot and should not be doing this all by yourself or you will lose momentum. You both worked hard at gaining. Now, that doesn't mean that you both need to sit down and pay the bills together. There's still going to be one person in your relationship that pays the bills. That's cool. But you both need to decide on a spending plan together. You both need to decide the big purchases that you're going to make. You both need to decide all the things like savings rates and saving for the kids college and the list goes on and on. It takes two. In my relationship, I pay the bills, but my wife and I have what we call a monthly summit. We get together once a month and I show her our spending plan for the month. And then she looks at it and says, well, not bad, but it's Gracie's birthday this month. So we need to set aside some money for the birthday. Or here's a good one, fellas. I need to get my hair done this month. We need to inject money so that I can get my hair done. And man, I never knew how expensive women's haircuts were till I got married. Have a monthly summit with your spouse. And that may not be enough because my spouse and I used to have 
a mini summit, two small mini summits through the month as well, one halfway through the month so we could look at the spending plan and see how we were doing versus how we said we were going to do and how we were actually doing. And then we'd have one the last five days of the month. And in the last five days, we'd really take a hard look at the categories that were either that we overspent in or that we have very little money left in to make sure we don't go over. I encourage everybody listening today to have monthly financial summits with your spouse and a couple of mini summits along the way. All right, number six, get help. Let me repeat that again, get help. A certified financial planner can assess your financial situation and help prioritize the items that need your attention. I get it. You are smart. You are educated. But you do not have all the answers when it comes to money, when it comes to prioritizing, when it comes to estate planning, when it comes to insurance planning, investing planning. There's so much to know that a professional certified financial planner can help. The other thing is there's so much compromising that needs to be done along the way when it comes to your goals and dreams. We talked about that in a past episode. And having a buffer to help the communication can help. I mean, let's face it. If we don't have all the answers on a particular topic, we go see a professional. The same is true about your finances. And make sure your spouse is part of the process so you both agree on picking a certified financial planner together. Woo! We got through six steps, my friends. We got one step to go. And the seventh step, take your spouse on a date that night after your conversation. I mean, after you have your conversation, when you guys have that moment together, when you guys are planning to put a stake in the ground and together, and you're going to tackle the game of finances, now you need to relax a little bit. Take your spouse on a date. You are the one that wanted these changes in your financial life. You started it. It is natural to want to take all of your financial situations on at once. Lord knows I did it. I told you earlier, when I was ready to get going, I probably downloaded episodes of the Dave Ramsey show, four or five of them a day. And when I was downloading them, I think they were half hour episodes. So at least three hours of episodes a day. It was crazy. Every time a transaction was made with my check card, I'd run over to Quicken and make sure I entered in the transaction. I was crazy about it and driving my wife crazy about it too. Remember this whole change that you're making with your financial life. It is a marathon. It is not a race. So take your spouse out and don't talk about it. You spent the morning or you spent the afternoon talking about it. Stop talking about it for a bit. Concentrate on each other. Talk about anything but your finances. Maybe your spouse wants to follow up on your earlier financial discussions. By all means, let them, but don't let you start it and let them do most of the talking. Practice hard at trying to do most of the listening. You will be surprised how much more 
They will be on board if they are part of the process. Those, my friends, are the seven steps. I am the first to admit getting on the same financial page with your spouse is no easy task. If you tried it before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And chances are, you didn't take a calming approach, just like I didn't the first time. Chances are, you didn't use my seven-step approach to getting on the same financial page as your wife. Because listen, at the end of the day, your spouse wants to feel less anxiety about money, just like you do. So do not give up. Try the seven-step approach outlined in today's podcast so you can have a better chance of reaching your goal. And listen, even if your spouse doesn't respond like you want them to, they may come around sooner than you think. So stay calm and always remember that you both contributed to your financial mess. It will take both of you to get out of it and get on a track to achieve everything financially in your life that is important to you. So start planning your conversation with your spouse today and use the seven-step approach that we talked about. And if you have any questions at all about this podcast or any other, email me anytime, scott at bestandwealth.com. Better yet, go to the website, bestandwealth.com. And if you have questions about your investments, please click on the upper right-hand corner and download your free report, 10 Steps to a Better Investing Experience. We're all about relieving stress. And when we understand our investments more, stress goes down. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. I really, really appreciate you tuning in. I hope everybody has an unbelievable week. And guess where I'll see you? On the flip side. The Best in Wealth podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.